episode two, are we still entrepreneurs? Well, we both own established businesses and we're successful mid-career creatives, but we don't really feel like we fit into the trendy mold of a startup that's all kickstartery and the like. But a small business never rests. That's what we're here to talk about today. The Speakeasy Podcast, honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Today, we're drinking an old-fashioned. It's made with bullet rye, which I really enjoy, even though I don't drink it often. It's got this beautiful thin slice of orange garnish, and it feels like a befitting choice for today's topic. Being an entrepreneur is as old as time. Putting up a shingle, working hard, not doing it with investors is just what people have done for a long, long time. And, you know, madmen. <laughs> and madmen. No, that's actually a really, really good point. Um, when you were saying that if you go back to the beginning of any community that you live in, there was a doctor, there was a lawyer. I gravitate in that direction because we're both in professional services, right? So I don't know how it works for you guys out there, but Jen and I have spent a lot of time talking about entrepreneurial models. And I don't mean like org development or anything like that. I mean, although we have had that conversation too. But in our community, there's this sense that entrepreneurs are upstarts. You know, in general, I think society gets super excited when there's a Kickstarter that they can't wait to fund because they can't wait to get the thing in the mail. I think that there's a relationship with the idea of an entrepreneur as a startup. Well, Kickstarters and the like did not exist five years ago, really. Nope. So the idea of a, of donating to a trendy idea is very, very new. And as Karen mentioned, we live in a university community, so there's there are lots of new ideas, very young people coming up with their startup dreams, someone who is 20 who is the CEO, and that's really exciting, and we support it, and our neighbors and our friends support it. The thing is, in the creative industry... Both of us, as well as many of our peers, have been startups for decades. I mean, we have a, we have good peers who have been startups for 40 years. Because when you're in a mid-sized business and when you're in a creative business, you don't ever stop being a startup. I think people do forget that we're entrepreneurs, you know. And I think, to, to your credit for sure, when you are successful, when you are established, when you, you know, have a building and nobody else is paying your rent... Uh, you make it look really easy. I mean, Karen, you've been doing this. You've been doing video production for quite some time, and you look quite established. Well, thank you. And, and you know, uh, I've been at it for about 22 years. I even have my own entrepreneur identity crisis because I did not found the company that I run. I have a wonderful business partner, as you know, who was my mentor, and I bought in. So do you feel like an entrepreneur? Well, I don't feel like a startup because I bought into an established business, so I feel like I cheated the system a little bit. But there's absolutely no doubt that I'm seasoned and successful, and there's no doubt that I run a small business every day. And there's no doubt that every year you have to reinvent that, and you have to figure out what your goals are and how you're staying relevant in an ever-increasing competitive environment, right? Absolutely. Well, and and to your credit, you you left a um, a, a mid-size agency and 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 started a wee little baby agency in my spare bedroom. I don't think you could call it an agency. I had a Mac in my spare bedroom. So you were a startup and you know how that feels, but you're you're so not a startup now. Sure, by the time you've reached 
the mid-career point where you and I are, we have great studios, we have the, the trappings of success and the trappings of a creative agency. People forget that you're still working very, very hard to make sure that you can pay the bills and stay relevant and find the new clients. Because entrepreneur doesn't mean less risk. Never. Never is it less, less risk. I used to think it was, and then a mentor told me that he was still struggling, and he had 20 years on me. It was yeah. a depressing day. Well, <laughs> so maybe this is a depressing day for some of our listeners out there. Sorry, man. If you're midway into it, it just stays hard. Well, I think I think what's hard it shifts, though, right? So established doesn't mean less risk, but that's because your price point get, goes up. Your price point needs to go up. Your blended rate has to increase because you now have brick and mortar. But even if you don't have brick and mortar, you have... You are bringing so much more value to the table because you've been on this rodeo before. Right. And what you can do in an hour, it might take somebody new six hours to figure out. So your value is exceptionally high. And on top of that, you know what you're great at. You've hired staff to do the things that support what you can do. So then you're responsible for someone else's mortgage, someone else's ability to pay their things. It's a it's a stressful situation. Yeah, absolutely. But I- that doesn't mean – so you're not a, you're not a startup. But you're still an entrepreneur. As we as we stand by and support all those startups in our community who are inventing themselves for the first time, day in and day out, we are reinventing ourselves because we have to stay relevant. We have to stay on trend or at least ahead of the curve for our clients to make sure that we're bringing that same value to the table in addition to all that experience, all of that knowledge that we're bringing to the table for them. So when you're in the middle of your career, you are both exciting and innovative and trying to bring something new and trying to communicate the trust and professionalism that you've gathered over the course of all these years. It's hard work. It is truly the hardest work I've ever done. But that's why we have old fashions. I think also the the thing, the thing that I think is very important to understand is that um, when, when it is forgotten that you're, you too are an entrepreneur, um, people forget that the struggles that you have gone through, that that brings value too. So whatever that barrier is that a startup is feeling, your barrier might look a little bit different, but it's, you know, that wall that you're staring at, you've already gone over it, around it, through it. You've already done all of that, and you've tried it three different ways. You tried to go under it, realized that didn't work at all. Tunneling is a lot of extra work. But <laughs> but. We already know how that works, and we've and we've done it three different ways, and we've had different outcomes every time, and, and we're fine, and we're fine. And sometimes when you're a startup and you're staring at that brick wall for the first time, tunneling seems really logical because you don't realize the corner's just right there. Right. I feel like the struggle – so even though the struggle looks a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? So the struggle looks a little bit different when you're mid-career. Your foundation is a little bit sol- more solidly underneath you or ought to be. But the struggle really doesn't ever change. You still have to get business. You still have to meet deadlines and please clients. You still have to mentor and nurture your internal relationships and make sure that your team is prospering. Right. And you still have to keep up with the latest software and the latest trends and efficiencies and what's happening on a global scale. It's a, it's a bigger job every single year. And you add to that life. Now you've got a mortgage and some kids and employees. So the the stress level and the things you're juggling get higher and higher every single year. The game the game is it's a next level game. Yeah. For sure. Do you ever feel like you're struggling just as much now as you did when you were in your guest bedroom? Oh, for sure. The catch is that the struggle has many more zeros behind it. So that's 
the, the struggle is higher and it's bigger and the risk is bigger every single year. So back in the day, I'd be like, wow, we made $2,000. That's really exciting. But we had no children and we drove old cars and we were in our 20s. That's not what today looks like. So the struggles today are just bigger. And then how do you compete with somebody who's still excited to earn $2,000? Ah, the good news about that is many of our clients have been around the block a few times too, and they know that anybody who says they can do it for $2,000 doesn't know what they're doing quite yet. The the clients who are a challenge are more than happy to hire the $2,000 guy knowing full well he's going to eat his costs and eat his problems, and they're just going to get out on the cheap. So our challenge is to find the clients who understand and value the professionalism and are very confident to pay for quality. I'm interested in hearing from our listeners to see, is entrepreneurialism alive and healthy and thriving in the communities where you're working? People talk about small business being the new economy, but small business has been a big part of the economy for a really long time. I don't think our culture could articulate it well decades ago. Yeah, because I don't think that there was really a category for small business, except for according to the IRS, but there wasn't like a cultural awareness. And now there's a lot more support for small business and a lot more even appreciation for small business. And if we were to back this up, even outside of our experience, your local family doctor is a startup, is an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. right? And no one ever thinks of doctors and lawyers as being entrepreneurs. We think of that in the tech industry or coffee shops, but... People who are in service-based industries are just as much of an entrepreneur as the guy who opens up a coffee shop with a shingle, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really want to hear from our uh, our listeners about what's hard for them. What What is the entrepreneurial barrier that they face? And, and especially for our listeners who are our peers, who are mid-career, they're seasoned, and they have to walk under the shadow of, you know, that they've got it all together all the time and they're ready to shed the veneer. And be honest about it, like we were talking about last episode. So if you guys have this figured out, let us know what to do and how you talk about it and how you integrate it into your days. We want to hear from our listeners. But what I want to hear from you is, are you an entrepreneur? Absolutely. But I didn't think I would be one in the beginning. And I didn't go into it with that mindset. When I look at it clinically, I realize I absolutely am. I think my heart is absolutely an entrepreneur. I think I have been from the start. Both of my parents, both of my siblings all owned small businesses. I think we have problems with... Uh, authority, and so maybe that's why we're all self-employed. Maybe, uh, maybe it's because we all would make terrible, terrible employees. I think that's a fact. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we own small businesses, and we're contributing to our economy. We're making sure that we're cultivating great teams, and we're uh, taking really good care of our clients. So I guess if that's an entrepreneur, then I guess so. Yes, that's what that is. So Jen, I know that you really like to hear from people as much as I do. Uh, where do you want people to reach out? Well, you can check us on all the social channels at Easy Underground. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, and you can find us on iTunes. Or you can check out our website at thespeakeasypodcast.com. On our next episode, we're going to explore what we do when everything's a priority. You know how that goes. Yes, you're on a client deadline, an HR emergency shows up in your office, and a toilet overflows, because that's actually happened. We'll be breaking that down. We'll talk about how we identify our priorities and how we get refocused. 